You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. everyone welcome back to politics weekly uh before we get into the episode uh we are back uh we have an exclusive interview uh with kathy zoo if you remember uh she's a conservative activist she was a guest uh on a previous uh episode on our show uh recently uh she made some headlines uh because uh she was revoked uh of her uh michigan title uh, because uh, of tweets that were uh, deemed offensive by the Miss USA pageant. Uh, Kathy, thank you. Kathy Zhu, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, so do you want to explain the full rundown of what happened? How, what led to uh, you uh, getting cut off or uh, being revoked of your title as Miss Michigan? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is my first pageant ever. I never participated in any other pageants. Um, so I thought that was a really fun idea. And so I participated and I put in my application about four or five months ago. And I, I was crying on Sunday and then I was announced on Wednesday and then my title was stripped from me on Thursday. And uh, this all happened because apparently I had Islamic, Islamophobic or racist tweets. Um, the, the state director never told me specifically what tweets they were. They just said that they were racist and Islamophobic. Okay. Um, now, uh, do you, uh, see why, uh, looking at some of the tweets that, that, that were referenced, do you see why some people found some of the tweets you put up offensive, or do you, uh, not see that? I can understand why they would find it offensive, because I know that facts and statistics aren't easy to, you know, digest when it's very sensitive towards others, but, um, one of the tweets was about black on black crime. And uh, it was basically saying how, uh, you know, the majority of black people that, who die are killed by other black people. And um, people find that racist, but even though this could be found on the FBI's website. Um, the other tweet was about um, a hijab. Um, I was walking to class one day in, in my college in Florida before I transferred to Michigan. And um, I came across this booth called Trying a Hijab Booth. And apparently it was Trying a Hijab Day, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, I went over there and I saw, the, I saw the poster and I took a picture of it and one of the girls came up to me and said, hey, do you want to try this hijab on and try to place it over my head? And I said, no, it's okay, I gotta go to class, I'm already late. And then I posted it, I posted about it later on Twitter saying that, um, is this a religious garment or is this a fashion statement? Because, you know, people are freely being able to wear this, this Muslim garment. And so I guess that was Islamophobic, but I don't see any problem with that. Um, okay, uh, now, uh... I'm looking at some of the tweets. One of the tweets you, uh, there was an exchange between you and another Twitter user named Bam Bam and Pebbles who said, quote, it kills them black guys to see Asian males accepted by white men as their son-in-laws to which you responded, 
quote, because they actually have brains and know how to act respectful and have a brain. Um, uh, do you uh, regret saying that? No, I don't, because this isn't about black people. This is about how people should be respectful and know how to act a proper, properly to parents when they need their parents first. This, this person directly was saying that, um, if you've read the context to it, uh, this person was bashing how I had a white boyfriend. And uh, they were saying how, oh, only, you know, white supremacists and Asians get together and, like, stuff like that. So it was very it was very rude in the first place. And, um, and they were like, oh, well, your parents could never accept a black person. Which, completely, that's not true. I just said pe- my parents accept anyone who, is, you know, has a brain and is respectful to them. So that person was being rude in the first place. And that's why I was like, you don't have a brain if you're, if you're rude. So that's, that was the context, not referring specifically to black people. Um, now there's another tweet, uh, that said, uh, let me see if I can pull up the full thing. Uh, the tweet said, quote, Hitler was a, uh, here, hold on. It said Hitler was a, was very smart and a good public, uh, speaker. What did you mean by that? Yeah, that was actually in, in uh, response to another tweet too. You have to look at the context. Um, someone referred to, Hitler as being like dumb and low IQ and stuff like that and I said you know it takes a very well-spoken smart man to manipulate a bunch of people to hate on a certain group of people and that's what I meant by it there was no I mean it's, it's a fact that he was well-spoken it was a fact that he was you know, he, he was a big manipulator he was a fact that he was a very smart person and to, to say that you know he was dumb I'm not saying I'm praising Hitler I'm just saying you know we shouldn't be able to like conclude that he's a dumb person only because we don't like what he did and I of course I don't like what he did um, now, um, did you, uh, or did the Miss America pageant, uh, know about your Twitter, uh, and your political views prior, uh, to you, uh, being named Miss, Miss Michigan? Yes, I gave them all of my social media handles beforehand. Um, okay, uh, let me see, just give me one second, um, uh, Um, now, uh, okay, hold on, give me one second, um, now in, uh, uh, did you, uh, foresee ahead of time, um, before you were hired as Miss Michigan, um, did you foresee the possibility that this could happen? bias against conservative uh, voices nowadays and I I thought this would, would, would somewhat happen maybe they just told me that I wasn't allowed to post about it anymore or something like that but I never thought it would happen to this extent so I, I guess I guess no but but to an extent yes too because I've seen I've heard a lot of stories about people um, you know getting fired or getting kicked out of something because they're Trump supporters um, now I know one of the things that uh, a lot of these companies, uh, like uh, Miss America worry about uh, is brand and that the people that work for them, if they say something inappropriate, that could hurt their brand or their IQ. Uh, do you think that some of the logic behind this uh, may have been that, uh, do, you, do you think th- uh, that the Miss America pageant may be part of the reason could uh, that they, uh, relinquished you from that contract might have been because they were worried 
that some of these tweets could have hurt their uh, brand? Well, yeah, I'm sure they want to keep a positive image uh, in their pageant, but at the same time, it's, you know, their whole shtick is to empower women's voices, no matter if it's conservative or liberal. And I've only had conservative views uh, on my Twitter account, and I've given them my Twitter account. So it's their fault they didn't invite me in the first place. And second of all, even if I did have uh, some controversial tweets, they should have asked me about my tweets and where, my, where I lean before they judged my character and then stripped me of my title. Do you plan to participate in any other pageants down the line? I probably won't, only because this pageant was sort of a bucket list checkoff. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not going to participate anymore. Um, not because of this situation, but because of, you know, I just wanted to experience it once. And I've had a lot of this experience. Um, now, uh, do you plan to participate in other uh, conservative activist groups, um, such, like, like, are there, what, what do you plan to do after this? Yeah, so, um, right now I'm currently vice chair of College Republicans, um, I'm also part of Young Americans for Freedom, um, I actively, you know, help with Turning Point USA at my college campus, um, so, I mean, I still plan on doing political commentary, no matter where life goes takes me. I, that's my passion. I love doing it. And I just like spreading awareness of uh, the conservative community. Um, now, um, let's see. Um, uh, now, um, do you believe, uh, uh, do you believe the specific tweet, um, or the specific tweet where you talked about uh, you being asked on a college campus uh, if you wanted to wear uh, a hijab, um, do you believe uh, it was just? Uh, do you believe it was religious discrimination that uh, the Miss Mich- the Miss America pageant would look at that uh, and say that uh, and say that that was inappropriate? No, not at all. That, there was no religious. In there, I, I you know, I said that. Why are you using this as a fashion statement instead of a religious garment? I think that religious garment sh- garments should be sacred and should be only you know worn by those who are Muslim. And I wasn't a Muslim, and they were just letting everyone try hijab on. And um, in part of my tweet, I said, you know, why are you, why are you letting people try this on when people in Muslim majority countries are being oppressed? And I mean, two years ago, Saudi Arabia. Women were, women were only allowed to drive legally. So, you know, we should focus more on those issues rather than um, Western uh, Muslims who don't face discrimination, uh, like, you know, by law um, to their religion. Have you been in uh, contact with uh, the Miss America pageant uh, since this incident? No, not at all. They never contacted me back. Um, uh, let's see. Um, do you believe, uh, what advice would you give, uh, to someone with similar political views to you who, uh, may have been fired or may not have, uh, gotten a, or may, ha- or may not have been hired based on their political views? If it's purely because of political views and they got fired for it, um, you know, I feel like just find, a, find another job, you know, that job, uh, specifically doesn't isn't okay with with your views and conservative leanings 
um, I think that conservative voices should be heard and that they should continue to speak out and that we are, you know, we, we are a large group of the population and that if we advocate for, for companies that um, do um, allow, you know, conservative voices, which they should, um, then we should go to them. And, you know, it's, it's the other company's fault that they don't want to accept that. What if someone says, okay, but this job is really my passion um, and I've been, I've been turned, you know, I've always wanted this job. I've always worked for this job, but I've been turned down for this job because of my political views. What would you say to somebody that gives that response? I mean, they could obviously negotiate with the people who fired them and ask, and ask them what the reason was. Um, you know, the, the worst part about this all is that in the, uh, the, you know, the, I don't know, I forgot what it's called, but basically when you have a job, you can't discriminate, uh, or the, the employer cannot discriminate against race, religion, etc. And uh, part of that doesn't involve uh, political affiliation, so that we got to create change and make uh, political affiliation one of the, the terms that cannot be discriminated against. Do you believe there should be a federal law uh, that prevents uh, workplace discrimination against uh, people based on their political views? Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, are there any other solutions you think uh, that could prevent something like this from happening again to somebody else? Yeah, so in the media, I think that conservatives are viewed as very taboo and um, are a very small minority, and I don't think that's true. Um, I think that conservatives should speak out more and not be closet conservatives, um, just so it creates awareness to the public that, hey, we do exist, conservatives do exist, and we are part of uh, America, so we shouldn't be discriminated against. Um, what do you believe uh, are solutions uh, to get conservatives to be more vocal uh, in media uh, and uh, other outlets? I think that people should be aware of who um, or what they stand for by doing research and such, not just by following a bandwagon. Um, I think that, you know, continue to speak out, continue to voice your opinions, uh, continue to, to fight for what you believe in, and that's basically all we can do for now. Um, now, um, do you, um, how do you think, uh, when, when Miss Michigan, when the, the woman working for Miss Michigan, uh, said, uh, that, you know, you had been stripped of your pageant, um, how do you believe, do you believe she handled, I mean, obviously outside of the fact that you disagree with her firing you. Did you uh, agree or disagree with her handling uh, of her firing you? Oh, I completely disagree with how she handled it. She was very unprofessional. Um, she texted me. If you see the screenshots of the text I posted on Twitter, um, she basically did not even she, – she didn't address the issue. She just beat around the bush and told me there was an issue, even though there, she didn't describe what the issue was. Um, so, no, I don't think she handled it really well. I think that she needs to work on her professionalism and, and know how to communicate with others. Um, in a concise manner. If you were in that situation um, and your employer told you that you had to fire someone because of their views, um, uh, how would you handle that? First of all, I would advocate for the person that they're wanting to fire. I would say, why Why are they getting fired for their opinions? And, um, and then I would actually speak to the person who they're trying to fire and say, hey, what did you mean by these tweets? Um, what was the context? Were you, did, was there any, like, you know, malintent? And if no, then we would, you know, both be on the person's side and then address it to 
the um, the boss. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Thank you again for joining me, uh, Kathy Zhu. Uh, do you want to tell people where you can be found on social media and other platforms? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter is Political Kathy, and my Instagram is Political Kathy. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Politics uh, Weekly, the newest episode. Uh, we are here again with Megan Jones from the Ranting Republican Podcast. Megan, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. It's actually the Charging Republican Podcast. I kind of changed it because ranting was more like you didn't want to uh, sound too a little violent in your voice. So I'm trying to keep it on the level. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, and, uh, uh, just a reminder that, uh, the 2020 libertarian presidential debate presented by politics weekly is now available. Uh, so go listen to that. Um, and before we get started, Megan, do you want to talk a little bit about your podcast for those who, ha- who may be new listeners, um, before we get into the news? Oh sure. Um, charging Republican is just basically I give them I give topics that are of interest to me and what is going on um, in our society and you know what's connected with the world. But I give a perspective of how did these policies begin, who enacted them, or like where did we get this word from, like homelessness or where um how did um these problems start just give you a, a little history and then give you about you know the facts of because a lot of people get these um facts that are um being put out there by uh, mainstream media in just um nanoseconds of just headlines and people aren't reading below the headlines so that's what i try to do all right. Um, now, uh, let's uh, continue. Uh, um, let's get right into the news. Uh, so the first story uh, is uh, surrounding the Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court upholding that Trump uh, does have the ability uh, to uh, allocate funds uh, for a border wall uh, at, uh, at the southern border. Uh, of course, a couple months ago, at the beginning of the year, uh, Donald Trump, of course, tried to uh, declare a national emergency to allocate funds from the Pentagon uh, to build his proposed border wall. Uh, many people, like the ACLU, uh, tried to sue. Uh, however, the Supreme Court, in a five to four ruling, has upheld that Trump does have the ability uh, to do this. Megan, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, Trump, uh, on the Supreme Court ruling that Trump has the ability uh, to allocate funds for his uh, border wall? Well, it's great um, for Trump and for for those of us who believe in um, putting up a wall. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I do want immigrants to come, but they need to be vetted. They also need to have um, a credit, they have to come with skills. They have to come with, um, 
um, a good background. Um, they, 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 they just can't come with the rap sheet. I mean, it's just, it, it's too much for our country, but it's a good win for Donald Trump. And I'm very glad that the um, walls can be continued um, and be continued in construction because you, you can't, you can't construct a wall without money <laughs> because you have to pay for the, um, the materials. So, um, but I'm, I'm really glad that really makes me happy. All right. Uh, well, let's move on, uh, to the next, uh, story. So Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence has resigned, uh, from his post. Uh, he resigned earlier in the week. Uh, Trump initially announced that Texas Congressman John Radcliffe uh, would be the nominee to replace Coates. Uh, however, Radcliffe uh, has uh, said, however, Radcliffe has uh, withdrawn his nomination, uh, saying that the process would be uh, too hard to go through. What are your thoughts on the resignation of Dan Coates? Well, I mean, that's his, you know, will, his um, right. Um, it's, I, I don't get the, for the reason why he did it, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll find someone who can actually do the, fill this position. And I guess it was probably the, I think the reason why he did it, I, I kind of saw this today. It was uh, the backlash from, uh, the from the Republicans were like, I think that he doesn't have he doesn't have the um, the wherewithal, the, the know how to, to do it. Um, he uh, he's I think he spent more time in Congress than thinking about, you know, uh, what his what this job would be like. So he just I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why he decided not to. Um, to go forth and to um, recuse him himself or, you know, decide to, to step out of the running and, or to step down and not uh, go through and say, look, there's probably someone else uh, Donald Trump could, could choose who's probably a lot better than, than me. So, um, Okay, uh, let's move on then uh, to the next story. Uh, surrounding uh, Baltimore. So uh, Maryland Congressman uh, Elijah Cummings uh, was attacked by Donald Trump uh, on Twitter. Let me see if I can pull up the official tweet. Um, Tweet, let's see. Um, Let's see. Um, so essentially Donald Trump attacked uh, uh, let me see if I can find the official tweet Donald Trump attacked Elijah Cummings, uh, for his, uh, uh, attack, uh, or he attacked him for, 
uh, uh, the current state of Baltimore now um, Cummings in the House represents uh, Baltimore, and he was attacking uh, Cummings uh, for uh, a lack of action uh, in regards to uh, doing some. And uh, here, here's the here's what the uh, the tweet uh, said. Uh, he says, Rep, uh, Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of, uh, uh, of border security about conditions at the su- at border, uh, of border patrol, about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and far more dangerous. His district is considered one of the worst in the USA. Many people uh, lashing out against Trump, calling him a racist uh, for these tweets. Um, uh, Trump also uh, went on to mock Elijah Cummings uh, today uh, for uh, a break-in uh, in his uh, at his house. It was revealed that there was actually a break-in at Elijah Cummings' house. He posted this on a tweet. He said. Uh, really bad news. The Baltimore house of Elijah Cummings was robbed. Too bad. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on Trump's attacks on Elijah Cummings uh, and what he said about Baltimore? Well, the, the, the first of all, I think that Elijah Cummings is just, he is a bully. He's a bully um, when he starts attacking our men and women at the border for what he's been doing, um, wanting um, a borderless, um, uh, um, our country to be borderless. Um, And he he was... um, Attacked. He was. He was attacking one of our, um, our, uh, one of our border um, officials, and um, about the children who are um, separated from the parents. But truly, guess what? The parents are sending their children without them. That's the sep- That's who's being. That's how they're being separated, and these. These kids are being, um, like, used to go in and out of, of the um, system of immigration. So I'm, I just think that what, what he's doing is worse than what Donald Trump um, has attacked him for. But Donald Trump, though, is right. I've been to Baltimore three times, Nolan. Um, the third time was I finally woke up and said wow this i i thought i thought this was a good city but it's really not it's a um they've built up this inner harbor to look really nice but when it's starting to dilapidate they have a restaurant an irish restaurant on top of a restaurant that is being um renovated um and that shouldn't be open because that's a health hazard um, they have workers who don't want to work over at the cheese factory, the cheesecake factory. So then, then you have to go somewhere else to eat. Not, and then you have, um, I saw my mother and I were, were walking to this other place after our, the incident at Cheesecake Factory. And there was a guy 
slaying laying on the sidewalk who was having a uh, like a, a twitch attack because he was on some sort of a substance. He was lying there on, on the, you know, so, and then, and then not to mention, so then, you know, the, um, the electric scooters that the, um, that are trying to lessen the carbon emissions, um, those are an eyesore when they are being left on the, on the sidewalks. And there's not just one, there's like five of them and you see them and it's just like they're, they don't move. They just stand, they just sit there. <laughs> I mean, it is, it, it's not a, a great place. It's, it's really not a great place um, to, um, and, and it's not, I, and I would say it's not a great, um, a safe place from the inner harbor up because um, you have like hotels and you also have people who are mentally disturbed walking around frightening frightening the tourists who live who who rent those those hotel rooms and I'm telling you I've I've seen it it's not fun I mean it's not fun yeah all right well let's move on uh, to uh, the next story. Uh, this is involving uh, the Senate race in Oklahoma, not expected to flip. Uh, but right mm-hmm. now, um, the, uh, the incumbent James Inhofe is 84 years old. Mm-hmm. To some, he's a Republican, leading some to speculate that he could retire and that former EPA Secretary Scott Pruitt could run to replace him. However, mm-hmm. Inhofe now saying that that's not the case. He's saying that he, he has already filed uh, his papers to run for re-election in 2020. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, the, okay, let me just get this straight. Hang on a second. <coughs> um, so, in he's a Republican or is he the Democrat? He's a Republican. Okay. Well, I, it's great. I mean, I don't even know where people are getting the inkling that, he wasn't going to run that he, you know, was, uh, going to, uh, uh, call it quits, but it's, it, I think it's good. Cause for, uh, um, we need him. I mean, have you seen uh, some other Republicans that are, have, who are not going to run next year? That list is growing. And I think Imenhoff, he can he he can handle it. The ones that are have just called it quits, you can just tell that they they were probably um, talked into running in order to get. And I'm gonna and I'm going to say this is the truth. In order to in in order to to um, to say, look, if you don't run, we we won't have get Trump in the office. I think that's part of it. And that, and that's the truth. That you know what I think. Um, well, you could not really take it, but it's fine as the truth. But the thing is, is that that's part of the reason why they run. Because some people get into races um, because of pressure from their family and their friends, you know. But I mean, I, I think, and I'm got kind of flipping the story a little bit. Um, you know, in the uh, for the, the squad, now they're looking at um, contenders who are going to, to run against them. 
And this, and and the reason why is because people in their de- districts are so mad um, that uh, these four have said things that are so non, so anti-American that it's that they need to go, um, and we're not going to send them back. We're just going to send them back to to their districts. That's all we're going to do. So, all right. Why don't we move on to the next story then? Uh, so the next story is surrounding the 2020 Democratic debates. Uh, oh, great, because I watched this. <laughs> okay, so make sure to be on the lookout because we've got a post-debate analysis coming up soon. Uh, okay. But uh, so one of the – the first debate uh, was on uh, – That Tuesday. Was yeah. on Tuesday. It featured uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth uh, Warren, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, uh, former Texas Congressman uh, Beto O'Rourke, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, let me see, um, uh, former Colorado Governor uh, John Higginluber, uh, uh, Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan, former Maryland Congressman John Delaney, author Marianne Williamson, and uh, lastly, M- Montana Governor Steve Bullock. Night number two uh, featured uh, former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden. Um, uh, California Senator Kamala Harris, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. Um, let's see. Um, oh yeah, uh, former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Julian Castro, uh, uh, businessman Andrew Yang, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, uh, uh, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett, and New York, New York Mayor Michael, uh, sorry, New York, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. <laughs> uh, so what were your thoughts on both nights? What were some highlights? We've got, obviously, coming next week, there's a, an official post-debate analysis coming here. But what were your thoughts? Who was the biggest loser uh, on both nights, and who do you think was the biggest winner? Well, like yeah, Tuesday night. Let's go with. Uh, well, I think. Uh, well, as far as the intros went, uh, after Amy uh, after Amy Klobuchar came on stage, um, the the, the uh, uh, crowd was not too arou- had a rousing applause after. Because you had the top ones, you know, you had um, uh, Pete Buttigieg, you had Bernie, you had um, Beto, and Elizabeth Warren. They all came out because they're all known. Like Steve uh, Bullock is is just he's um, new, and also Williamson, uh, Williamson, she's not, you know, she's not very known, um, and neither is, like, Tim Ryan, so I thought that was really interesting, because that kind of gave you a, 
a sense of where it's going and who who's going to be in the in the top. Uh, probably like eight, maybe. Um, let's see. And then uh, my other thought was, um, let's see. Oh, for the opening statements, uh, the <laughs> Marion Williamson, her. Her, her spiritual ex I mean ex she her spiritual expert and what she she would use lines from different campaign speeches but she would also try to make sentences and to see if they stick with other words I I just she couldn't I couldn't keep up with her as far as um, understanding what she was trying to say. So I just, it was, it was, she was a big loss for me, um, even though it was interesting because after that, you, you know, debate, she was the most highest, um, highest candidate that people were, she was trending high on Twitter, on social media that night, which was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, so let's see, just to, as a, um, let's see, what to see. Um, especially with health care, Bernie, I think Bernie did, he did one, he said one thing that was really correct. And I'm glad that he actually went to, to Canada with the health care, the medic, the, the medicines are, they cost a lot. I mean, I, it's, it's amazing. And, I, and I'm glad also that he's right. Um, and that Trump is now trying to make it a fair, um, not a game, not, it's not, healthcare is not a game. I wanted to, to say that to make it more, it's easier to, to get access um, for uh, medicines, uh, prescriptions across the water to Canada. Because Canada, it's like, how, how is it that they, they have lower medication costs and we don't? Um, I, I, I think that, you know, we really don't need a socialized medicine as far as the, uh, the time waits because socialized medicine, when you're waiting for, um, to, to see a doctor, you have to wait like 28 days. It's like the VA, um, here. Um, and, and basically socialized medicine is weeding out the young and the old. It's, you know, if, um, say like a seven year old has cancer, they're not going to like help that person. They're not going to help that senior citizen get better. If they can help the young, the younger one get better, they have a, a, a shot to live. That's what socialized medicine is really about. Um, so I thought it was, that night was really interesting. Um, and let's see, uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I loved how Bernie got Bernie got schooled by Jake Tapper. That was great. <laughs> that was great when he he asked a was he, he asked a great question, and um, it was oh, it was like a Republican question. He's like that is a Republican question, um, but that was that was great. That just Bernie just schooled the um, the mainstream media, and that was great. Uh, and. In my, oh, here's here's the last thing too. It's they always say that the the left is always saying that it's a right. It's not a right. Um, it, it's a responsibility because face it, some people do not take care of themselves like myself. Um, but I mean, it's like, and and the other point is too is that 
when they talk about billionaires and the rich, they are the billionaires and the rich. They have friends that are billionaires, and they are the rich. So they're talking about themselves on stage, which is so hypocritical. Uh, who do you think was the biggest winner of the second debate? Let's see. The second debate, who I thought... Da, 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 da. Who did I... Wait, page. Hmm, I don't know. Well, it sure it really wasn't Kamala Harris, because she got... Um, I, I was surprised how um, uh, Biden, most of them went after um, Harris. Um, even Tulsi Gabbard went after Harris on her record. Um, and she was just getting so frustrated at the podium. You, you could just see it's like she was just itching to reach out and just like... Um, just um, like just punch one of them on the sh- on the, the shoulder or like in the arm because she was so it, it was getting to her that people were now were playing her game as to doing their op-ed research um, I, I just thought that was interesting um, so let's see let's see um, and and uh, and I thought was it Okay, let's see. Let's, uh, candidates. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, and on here's something. It, this is interesting. So de Blasio let let this slip out. And I don't even know if anybody else heard this. But he, he let this out of the bag. He, he said that we want to change society. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I know that. You, you want everyone to pay more and for everything. And then that, and, and you don't want people to say certain words to be PC. What and, and and oh, and you don't want people to drive in cars that are with with uh, uh, oil or you know, um, you want them to walk on um, or you want them to ride um, electric scooters that are like filling the streets of the inner cities and not moving. And where people can trip over them, and you can be sued. So I mean that I, I just you know this it was um it was an interesting night for that. Uh, okay, uh, let's uh, move on then to the next story. Uh, let's talk about the next debates that are going to be happening because we now know yeah two more of the candidates that have qualified. Uh, as you know, the uh, requirements will be higher. Uh, I believe you need to get 2% in at least five national polls verified by the Democratic National Committee. This could mm-hmm. lead to far fewer candidates making it onto the stage. Um, but right now we know two candidates that will be on the stage. Businessman Andrew Yang has made the qualifications. Uh, and also uh, recently Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar announced she made the requirements. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, these two making it onto the next debate stages? Well, I, I think it's very interesting about about especially for those two, um, Andrew Yang. Um, that the night he was talking about about giving a th- like a thousand dollars. Yes, his plan for every give person. Everyone. Uh, is his universal basic income plan uh, give right. everyone a thousand dollars a month uh, over the age of eighteen? 
Okay. So here's, okay. So you're going to give someone $1,000 every single month. Um, oh, what do you think they're going to do with it? How, how do you live on $1,000 a month? What are they going to buy? Because they don't have, do, do most of these people have a car to, to, to pay their gas? How come they're not going to, to, how come they don't get a job? It, it, it seems a little strange and it, it's, and that's also going to be bankrupt too, you know, um, if it's coming out of his pocket or if it's coming out of my pocket, coming out of my pocket, I can't do it. Cause I only, my income for my social, uh, uh, disability, it's only $738. So where, 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 where are you going to get it from? I mean, if you can't get it from me. <laughs> so I just think, I think giving an, an incentive, a thousand dollars every month doesn't make the person want to go to work. Um, it's, it, it's, uh, I know it, it sounds strange, you know, but that's and Amy Klobuchar. I, I really just don't like her either. Um, but I, I did catch that the, the moment when she, uh, her and Elizabeth Warren went on, when went off on each other about her healthcare, and I thought that was like interesting. Oh, and then oh, you know, kind of like going back to that. Bernie, I'm sorry about this, but like Bernie said, yeah, I know because I wrote the damn bill, and that was great. So like there were great little moments of um, of little lines that they had. So anyway, but um. So yeah, I think uh, Amy Klobuchar and um, uh, and Andrew Yang. I don't know how. I don't even know how they're gonna um, um, keep the fire going after after this night. I mean, I don't know what's in store. You know what they have in store for for the next debate. So. All right. Uh, well, let's move on then. Uh, Mark Esper. Uh, has been confirmed as the new uh, defense secretary. Uh, he was confirmed uh, by an uh, by an eighty nine to six vote margin by the U.S. Senate. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on him becoming the new defense secretary? It's great. You know what? Because we really need a new defense secretary. Um, after, um, uh, oh no, I have a low battery. <laughs> Hang on. After, uh, Mattis, he left. Um, cause I mean, we, cause we're, we're in some situations here now with, uh, Iran, um, China, Russia, and, uh, uh, North Korea that we can really, you know, use him as far as, you know, what he, what he thinks and what, um, what the best, um, um, action uh, is appropriate, you know. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on him specifically? Hello. What were your thoughts on uh, uh, Mark Esper as a uh, as a choice, or do you know or do you know enough about him? Well, I I, I don't really know enough about him and. Um, his background, but what I was saying was, is that for um, 
to fill the 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 replacement, um, we need we need him. I mean, we need someone to to fill um, that um, spot because we have um, some interesting um, uh, thing and events going on. You know with. North Korea, they've already fired some missiles, and you know Russia. It turned out, you know, there's um, they've been um, firing missiles, and uh, we just pulled out of the INF um, treaty that Ronald Reagan had um, signed. You know, uh, as a result of the Cold War. Um, so I think our our world, even though even though Donald Trump is our president. There still are, you know, some concerns. We still have, there's some bad actors in the world. So we need someone with um, a um, knowledge of how those countries operate, you know, so. All right. Uh, why don't we move on then uh, to the next story. So the next story is involving one of the Senate races, uh, Republicans hoping to flip the state of New Hampshire uh, in uh, 2020, uh, although they were kind of in a state of disarray after uh, Chris Sununu, the popular uh, governor of New Hampshire, Republican, announced he wouldn't be running. Uh, Now uh, there is another person who could... who could be running, and that is uh, Corey Lewandowski. Uh, If you remember, Corey Lewandowski uh, worked on the Trump campaign uh, in 2016. Um, He is now uh, saying, he is now said to be highly considering uh, a run uh, for the U.S. Senate. He talked to a... um, a, uh, a local news station uh, in New Hampshire uh, about it, um, uh, saying, quote, he was very seriously considering it. Uh, here's what the quote said. Let me pull it up in a second. Uh, here's what the quote said. The statement said, quote, Janine Shaheen has failed the people of New Hampshire by voting in lockstep with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. The people of New Hampshire deserve better. If I run, I would be a voice for all the people of New Hampshire. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Lewandowski potentially running for U.S. Senate against Janine Shaheen in oh. New Hampshire? Oh, it would be great, especially for 2020. We could get New Hampshire. Um, the Republicans, we, we could actually get New Hampshire. I mean, we haven't got New Hampshire in the longest time. Um but I, I think it would be great, and I think Corey Lewandowski would make a great senator. Um, I, I just think that we could really unseat um, some of those Democrats that um, uh, Shaheen and um, you know uh, we, uh, in in that area. We need to get um, people who have been there for the longest time that they need to go because it's um, they are impeding a process that um, not just Republicans, but middle America and also like myself, 
want that we're tired of the, the PC um, uh, actions and we just want um, some normalcy back in our country. We can say God, we can say Christmas. We don't have to go to the library and, and see uh, men in dresses and stuff and teaching children, th you know, weird things. And it's, um, I just think that it's time, you know, that people who have been in a position like that, like in, in New Hampshire, um, they need to go. It's time. All right. Um, why don't we uh, move on then uh, to the next story? Uh, so uh, a budget uh, has been passed uh, through Congress. Um, there was, uh, of course, this bill, which was supported by Donald Trump, would uh, significantly uh, increase the budget uh, to increase military spending. Uh, the bill considered controversial, though, amongst many Republicans uh, before passing in the House, uh, Kentucky Congressman uh, uh, Thomas Massey uh, introduced a bill to rename the bill a bill to kick the can down the road and for other purposes. Uh, although uh, that failed, 47 members uh, of the House, including five Democrats, um, all voted in favor uh, of renaming it that. Um, and uh, in the Senate, uh, 28 Republicans voted against it. In spite of this, uh, it is still expected uh, to land on President Trump's desk, and he is expected to sign it. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this budget agreement? Well, I, I think a budget, uh, uh, finally, we have a budget agreement. Is it good? Is it is it bad? Time will tell. Um, but the thing is, is that at, at least we have a budget and it's going to be on President Trump's desk and, like, and likely he will sign it to get it done. Um, I, I think that we need to, to keep moving forward. It doesn't matter like what we need um, we need to have a um, we need to find money somewhere for some event, but I think um, it's it's a good thing that we actually have a budget because you know you you look at the um, you look a, um, a a lot about how much we spend in Congress and you know the the trillions that our debt is. Um, at some point, we're going to have to say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Parenthood, but we can't give you money because you're not, well, either because you're not doing um, uh, something good for the, uh, for society or for, you know, for the world. Um, and we, we're, we're going to have to really cut down on the, um, the, 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 the meat of the climate um, bills that uh, want to be funded for pro for climate projects and say, look, is this really helping uh, the, the climate? It, what is it really doing is helping your pocket or is it helping the, the climate? Um, you have to figure out, you have to, uh, people have to understand there has to be a point where 
we have to stop spending as you know a lot um and the the thing that i have you, know, you have to know your budget and example if if you can't afford a day let's say at a, a barber shop or for guys going to the golf or for me going to hair salon then don't charge it because we keep racking up these bills that you know that haven't been paid for and you're in so much debt uh it's it's ridiculous uh did you agree with them raising the debt ceiling you know that's a good question um part of me uh really doesn't like it part of me says well that's the way and and i guess in order to get it passed through that's it had to, it had to be done um it, it's um i'm kind of uh, looking at the two sides of of the outcome of what you know of, of, of how it works um it, it's concerning it is concerning about the the debt ceiling is going higher and higher and higher and the thing is is that our kids are going to have um, the, probably the highest debt. Like it's already what known like at twenty two. It's going to be like at fifty by the time these kids are all adults. Um, it's um, it's it's very sad, and it is concerning. You know, it, and it's not a good lesson for individuals who are budgeting their money. That's true. Okay. Um, let's uh, move on. So the next story is regarding the war in Afghanistan. As you uh, know, the war in Afghanistan is the longest war in American history uh, going on for 18 years. But could it be coming to a close soon? Uh, new reports this week coming out that the Pentagon uh, are trying to strike a deal with the Taliban uh, to remove thousands of troops, of American troops, uh, from Afghanistan. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Megan? And do you think uh, this could uh, be an indication that, uh, that the Pentagon is moving towards uh, America withdrawing from the war in Afghanistan? Well, I, I've been thinking about this since uh, the last time I, um, I was on your pro, uh, on your show. Um, the you know we go to we have a military to fight for our freedom, but what's the cost of freedom? It's taking lives of of others. Um, I I think that on one side, yes, our troops need to come home at some point. But the other side is is that we have we should not forget how we got into this war. We uh, the United States didn't start this war. We were attacked on 9/11 by uh, a mindset uh, a mind a mindset of people in a country whose religion is bent on being the one religion throughout the world. Um, it. Um, and that's how it started. And we should never forget that. So in when and if we do, 
uh, take out 14,000 troops and leave 8,000, then we're probably going to have um, another attack, um, either there or here. And I understand that's what um, Lindsey Graham is saying. So it's um, it, it's hard to to justify either, um, and and I really don't trust um, making a deal with the Taliban. I mean, the Taliban—they're just like a a, um, a dictatorship. Um, you, you just can't trust. You can't trust them. Um, it's. It, it, it's, a, it's a hard one to make a, a solid, definitive um, statement, Nolan. It's, it's, it's very hard. It's, it's one of those hard things, you know. I mean, for me, I, I'm not a warmonger. I don't want to go to war, but if we're attacked, we're going to war. That's the thing. But you don't, you don't pick a fight just because you want to. That's not right. You know, that's a bully right there. So that's how I feel about on this, uh, this topic, this uh, news, uh, part of the news. Uh, okay, then. Let's move on to the next story. So the rapper uh, ASAP Rocky uh, has uh, officially uh, been uh, released from prison. If you'll remember, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, was trying to get uh, ASAP Rocky released from prison. Uh, well, he officially has been uh, released from uh, prison. Uh, Donald Trump putting out a tweet uh, about this. Let's see if I can pull up the tweet. Um, his, um, his tweet uh, says the following, quote, ASAP Rocky released from prison and on his way home to the United States from Sweden, from Sweden, it will. It was a rocky week. Get home ASAP, ASAP. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm glad that he's coming home. I mean, I don't listen. I don't listen to his music, but I'm glad he's coming home. And I hope that you know. Part part of you know there are like two two videos about he was attacked first or the other guy you know. He attacked him. Regardless, you have to, you know, not try to react if you're on a different country, because if you do something, you know, then they'll throw you in jail, you know. And 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 the, their process is not like we. Um, their system is not like ours. Their system is. Um, uh, uh, there's uh, the trial starts sooner than you think. And, and so does the, um, you know, your uh, punishment. So you don't, it, he, did, he didn't, he never had a chance to, to defend himself. Here you do. Innocent until, until proven guilty. So um, I'm glad he's coming home. And, and I hope that he, uh, when he comes home, he says, you know, Trump, Trump's got my back. I don't know about while well, the Democrats were. Where, where was, um, where were, you know, the, where, where was Reverend, Reverend Al and Jesse? Where are all those guys? Uh, did they come to my defense? No. It was uh, the Kardashians. It was Melania. It was, you know, 
uh, it, it was more white people than it was other black people came to my defense. So um, I, I'm glad he's coming home, and I hope he has a a a a, a, a better look about the difference between our country and other countries and realizes, you know, uh, the United States, we are a big country and we are, we, we are a great country, but we're not perfect. But, um, but still, um, when it comes to your life hanging in the balance, I'd rather be in the United States to defend myself than any other country, than any, you know, than any other country. <laughs> Um, anyways, let's move on. Uh, Trump, uh, has, uh, has officially, uh, uh, withdrawn from an agreement with Russia. Um, this Russia, uh, uh, this agreement, uh, was, uh, formed back in 1987 during the Reagan administration. Um, uh, and, uh, um, the it was the, of course it was the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. The U.S. has suspended compliance with it, um, and this uh, restricted missile launches from both countries. Um, right now, um, this is getting split reaction. Uh, what are your thoughts on Trump withdrawing from? Well, the- I, I read this today, um, and the uh, one of the reasons I mean, there's two reasons for this, um, and what I read was is that is because Russia had been firing you know missiles for a long now the and you know that kind of like breaks the treaty right there, so now our reason I, I think the real reason that we're doing this. Is so now because because I read it. It said that now that we're gonna now that we have the now that we have the chance and the time to uh, launch some missiles too. So 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 then we don't look like we're breaking um, a, a a treaty that we've made with you know Russia. Um, so that's what I really think that's about. What it's about. Um, I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, sorry, but I, you know what? If if they can launch missiles, how come we can't launch missiles? And but not have like you know nuclear tips on them, you know, just have like dummy warheads on them, just for you know, just to see how far they'll go. I mean, it's it's like who's? I mean, they tell us it's not fair. Well, it's not fair that you know you break the treaty, but you know, so now it's our turn to have some fun watching launching some rockets. I mean, it's not fun, but just to see, you know, um, how our system is doing. Uh, anything, um, uh, were there any other stories you wanted to talk about? Um, you know, how about the, um, the Eric Garner one? Um, it was today. It was, uh, the recommendation was for the cop that strangled him to be let to uh, be fired from uh, the NYPD. Um, part of me, you know, I was thinking about, I, I read some of this. The thing is, is that he was doing something wrong and he was selling cigarettes, one cigarette to people on the street and not, not without a tax. And he, he knew what he was doing wrong and his complaint was, is he was, and he had told him, he said, I'm getting tired of being harassed. 
Well, if you're getting tired of being harassed, stop being, stop acting, stop doing things that are criminal. Um, so, and then, so he gets himself um, into this uh, chokehold by this police officer, because the police officer, it, they're trying to arrest him. And during the arrest, he, he, they're, they're trying to, because this guy's big. And he's not going down and he's not, he's, he's resisting. He shouldn't have resisted. If he didn't resist, he would still be alive today. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it's sad on both parts. Because um, the other the thing, it, when we see a lot of, when we see these events with the police and, um, uh, and um, black males and and they're actually, in, you know, committing a crime, and then in the the community um, uh, says, "No, that's you know the cops are bad. Cops, you no know, cops are doing their, they're doing their job because your um, your family member is um, a, a criminal, and now you're, you defend your family member when someone else um, takes their life." I mean, it, it's it, it's it's very hard to defend. Um, I think people in who are uh, criminals. I mean, black male, white, you know, whatever. But the majority of these things I have seen are, are you know, with black males being the um, uh, being uh, the uh, the victims. But they're really not victims, Nolan. They're 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 criminals, and um, it's um, it, it's sad because the truth is told that they actually have a rap sheet, and their their family to do their their family doesn't um, disclose that because they they hide it. So that's that's my feeling uh, about this this topic. It's just if if. Black men would stop resisting. They could, you know, um, survive the police. If they just stop resisting, they just stop getting so angry. You know, it's because the police are doing their job and then the police could probably help you get back on the straight and narrow. You know, it, 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 that, it, it's very hard to... Um, and it's, it's, it's also hard to justify the guy that, you know, choked him, which I don't think that probably wasn't such a great idea to go to, to put him in a, in a chokehold. I mean, it, I just don't think that was right either. <laughs> uh, anything, any other stories? No, I, I don't think that, I think that's it. Uh, all right. Well, thank you again for coming on. Do you want to tell people where you can be found on social media? And your podcast? My podcast is on uh, Anchor, and I'm on Spotify, and I'm on Apple. Um, I've also joined Reddit. I'm on Par- Parlor. I am on YouTube. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, and uh, let's see. That's pretty, that's pretty much about oh, Instagram and, uh, oh, let's see, uh, oh, Snapchat. So, uh that's pretty, you know, uh, Twitter, you know, that, that's pretty much where I am right now. 
All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, have a, uh, a great day. Thank you. Great. Bye. Thank you, Nolan. Take care. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. We are the first generation to feel the sting of climate change, and we are the last that can do something about it. He is the governor of a state with over 7 million people. He has made climate change a key part of his campaign. Who is Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington state who wants to defeat Donald Trump? The candidates. Keep America great. Their story. Yeah, you're always, when you're young, you're always patted on the head and told that you're the future. But I'm interested in what you can bring to the present. And their fight for the White House. I have the most progressive record of anybody running. If you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Presidential Profiles 2020. How we could actually make this government work, not just for a thin slice at the top, but make it work for everyone else. I think that, sure, if people want to speculate, speculate about running mates, I encourage that, because I think that Joe Biden would be a great running mate as vice president. J. Robert Inslee was born in Seattle, Washington on February 9, 1951 in Seattle, Washington to Adele and Frank. While his mother worked for Sears, his father was on the board of directors for the Seattle Public Schools. When Inslee was a young teenager, he helped clean up Mount Reiner. This sparked his interest in environmentalism. He met his future wife Trudy, a year later. After graduating from high school, he attended University of Washington. He married Trudy in 1972. They have two children together. He pursued a career in law until 1988 when Jim Lewis, a Republican member of the Washington State House of Representatives retired. Inslee decided to run as a Democrat to replace him, but was widely viewed as the underdog, with former Yakima Mayor Lynn Carmichael being considered the favorite. The two ended up on the same ballot, as Washington has open primaries that allow the top two in each primary, regardless of party to end up on the ballot. Carmichael came first on the ballot, followed by Inslee who placed second. Regardless, Inslee won in November by a 52-48% to 48 margin despite the district being a traditionally conservative one. Inslee introduced a bill to increase funding for the University of Washington's campus, but it failed in the state legislature. Inslee was re-elected in 1990 with 62% of the vote. However, in 1992, he retired to run for higher office. And the only way out ultimately of our fiscal challenges is a recovering economy. In 1992, Inslee announced his candidacy for Washington's 4th Congressional District in the U.S. House of Representatives. He faced former Republican state lawmaker Doc Hastings. The race became competitive, but Democrat Bill Clinton's presidential win helped Democrats down ballot. Inslee beat Hastings by 51 to 49 percent margin. During his time, he successfully passed wildlife preservation bills through Congress. However, Inslee faced the fight of his life in 1994, when Hastings rematched him. Inslee suffered from the Republican Revolution that year, in which Republicans gained huge momentum. Hastings defeated Inslee by a 53-47% margin. Inslee hoped to revive his already dying political career two years later in 1996 when he ran for governor of his state. 
However, he only received 10% of the vote that year. Inslee saw another opportunity for victory in 1998 when he ran for the U.S. House again, this time targeting Washington's more liberal 1st Congressional District. Democrats that year benefited from unpopularity over the impeachment of President Clinton. Inslee won by a 50 to 44% margin. In the House, he continued his advocacy against climate change. He won re-election six times, until 2012, when he decided to run for governor of Washington again. Inslee advanced to the general election, along with Washington's moderate Republican Attorney General, Rob McKenna. Uh, good evening and buenas noches. Thank you, Enrique and the chamber. This is an absolute delight to be in Yakima. The race was considered competitive, with polls indicating a dead heat between both candidates. However, Inslee managed to beat McKenna by a narrow 52 to 49 percent margin. Inslee gained a more progressive record as governor, introducing an estate tax, legalizing marijuana for recreational purposes. Inslee scored high approval numbers during his first term, and beat former Republican Seattle Port Commissioner Bill Bryant by a 54 to 46 percent margin. Inslee continued to score high approval numbers throughout his second term. In 2019, he made a big announcement. I'm Jay Inslee and I'm running for president because I'm the only candidate who will make defeating climate change our nation's number one priority. Inslee announced he would make climate change the biggest issue of his campaign, distinguishing him from other candidates. Interestingly, he may also run for re-election as governor at the same time. Now, he hopes to be America's 46th president. For more Presidential Profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly. Politics Weekly will be on hiatus for two weeks. However, you will still be getting new content from us in the meantime. On Tuesday, August 13th, don't miss our reaction to the second round of Democratic debates. And on Tuesday, August 20th, don't miss Politics Weekly, the greatest moments. Then on Tuesday, August 27th, Politics Weekly returns for episode 55.